Hey guys, how you doing tonight? Good. Yeah? Awesome. My name is <clears throat> Derek Murphy, and I'm just one of the guys here on the team. And just to clarify, if any of you are out there wondering about the women's event, uh, it said the 24th on the screen, and Rindy said the 16th. I conferred, and she said it is the 16th, so just want to make sure that you're clear on the dates there. And uh, <clears throat> hey, tonight we're actually finishing up our message series on the gospel, which has been a, a fun series, hasn't it? Like last week, it was Rhett's message was a ton of fun, just the, uh, the idea where he's talking about grace and favor. And tonight, we're going to continue kind of into that theme. But the difference between the message that you know, we've been doing with the gospel is we're kind of talking about how we believe it, how we, how we live it, and, and the way we believe it. But tonight's really going to be about a lab. How, do we, how can we actually experience the gospel, not just in our mind and our heart, but in the way in which we operate in the world, specifically in the way we spend our time. And the, the, the message tonight has to do with the Sabbath. And so the, the, the message title tonight is the gift of rest and how that's going to connect to the idea of the gospel is where we're going to go. And Sabbath, um, which is a is Hebrew word, literally means, means rest. And so there, what, what we're going to do tonight is I want to talk about how God has a vision for you. I don't know if you believe that or not. Some of you might be brand new here. You might be new to the idea of faith, but God does have a vision for you. And here's the thing is that it actually takes faith to live that vision out. It takes faith. And, and it takes courage to live out faith. Now, the biggest thing to, that actually inhibits our faith, the Bible talks about all over the place, is fear. Like fear is the, the opposite of faith and courage. And, and so God says, though, in, in 1 John, that perfect love casts out fear. And what we're doing here when they're talking about the gospel is that we want everybody here to know that the gospel is all about God pouring out his love, right? So this is an opportunity for us to experience the gospel in such a way, the Sabbath, that we can, we can actually be saturated with God's love so that we can walk with faith and courage into the life that God actually has planned for us. Who doesn't want that, right? Is that something that you guys all want? Yeah. Yes, me too. So uh, there's three things. I just want to start off. There's three things that God blesses when he created the, the earth, okay? Uh, the first one, on the sixth day, he, he blessed the animals. And he said, be fruitful and multiply. And then the second thing he blesses is humanity, is Adam, right? And he says, be fruitful and multiply. But there's an, another thing that he blesses. And the third thing he blesses when he created the earth was the Sabbath, which is interesting. And you go, what, what's the connection? I, I just want to give, give this at the start to say, maybe it's the Sabbath actually has the capacity to create life the same way that God created animals and humans to, to create life. And so just, just think about that and let that kind of saturate in as we continue moving forward. And I, I just want to say rest, though, is really hard. Rest is hard, right? It doesn't seem like it should be hard, but it can be. And the, the way that I want to, I found that out recently is I was reading a recipe about lasagna. Um, and lasagna, here, here's the recipe, a picture of the recipe. It says it needs to rest I don't know if you can see that down. Let it rest for 20 to 40 minutes. Okay, just let me just paint a picture. 
I get home at about 5.30 most days. And if I got started on dinner, like around six, and then, you know, lasagna takes a while to prep. You know, I'm thinking like at least 45 minutes. And that's if you use like the noodles, you don't have to boil and you don't make all your own sauces and things like that. It could take much longer, right? So you're talking about at this point in time, you're getting it into the oven. It says it's about an hour to cook it. So let's just put that all together. We're, we're looking at this, this lasagna getting out of the oven, like 7.45, something like this. Who in their right mind is going to let it rest for 40 minutes? Who, <laughs> I mean, what kind of crazy person do you have to be to wait that amount of time? I mean, seriously, you're going to wait till 8.25 to like actually take a bite of that lasagna that's just sitting there like with the great smells and all that sort of thing. But, but you know what happens if you cut right into it, right? Oh my goodness. It's like you cut it out of there and it's almost like you didn't even pull a piece out because it's just like, it just fills it right on in. I have a, I have a picture. So this is, af- this is after letting it rest five minutes. So this is some of you that are, you know, not, you at least let it rest a little bit. It's kind of messy, right? But let's see a full rest, what it looks like. Same lasagna, exact same lasagna, a full rest, 40 minutes right there. You get a perfect, beautiful looking piece of lasagna. Here's what I want to illustrate with our lasagna. <laughs> Just like lasagna, okay? This is, we're gonna, we're gonna, we'll get there tonight, okay? Just like lasagna, without rest, our life is a mess. Without rest, our life is a, is a mess. And here's the thing is rest can be elusive, right? Like <clears throat> how many of you have been like so burnt out, so tired, you're just done with the week or the day or maybe the month, I don't know. And then you got to the place where you like could actually lay down and it just like your mind just, just, just going. You couldn't even feel like you're resting because it's just like you're just so hyped up. You couldn't stop. Have you been there? Or like you, you, you lay down on the pillow in that state and it's like, then you, because your mind's going, you can't even sleep. Or, or maybe you, you're in that place where it's like, I just need to be distracted. So you I don't know if anybody's ever done this, but you like binge on Netflix for four hours and then you feel even worse afterwards. You're just like, what is wrong? How can I get real rest, right? Or how many of you went on a vacation and then you got back and felt more tired? (laughs) Okay, yeah, like serious. Uh, I thought I I had on lock this great rest. In 2021, my family got awesome plane tickets, cheap, cheap plane tickets to Puerto Rico. I'm like, yes, let's go. And we get, we get there. And I'd been doing, in February that year, I started prayer walking daily. And I just was feeling awesome. Like I, I felt never, I felt more connected with God. And I, I didn't feel like my day was stressed out. And so I get there and I'm like more anxious than ever on vacation. I'm like, why am I anxious I had great times, uh, but I'm, I'm realizing I felt guilty for being on vacation when I didn't feel like I was completely burnt out. How many of you have ever been there? I, I, <laughs> it's like, why is rest so hard? Well, like, what's the problem? What is the problem? And I, I, I'm going to talk at the three, three points tonight on what, what I think is the problem. And one is that we don't, we don't really know how to rest. Let's just start there. We don't know how to do it. And so here's the second point is that we have a hard time believing that resting, actually stopping, can be restful. 
that resting can actually be restful. And the third point is this, that we haven't made space to practice rest well. We just haven't made space in our typical schedule. So when we take times of rest, it's like, whoa, what do I do? I don't even know how to do this. And so let's, let's go to our first point. We don't know how to rest. And, and here's the, the reason I know that we don't know how to rest is we've got two really weird rest cultures in our society. And one is that we just don't. I mean, how, how many of us know like the, the hustle culture? It's just not all right to rest. If you're not working 100 hours a week, then you're not okay. It's like you got to be running at a high, high level or you're just a loser. You know, there's that part of the culture. Or there's this weird, not that self-care is bad, but there's this self-care culture um, where you can almost get away with anything in the name of self-care, including just being completely lazy and doing nothing, right? We got like these weird extremes. It's like, I just got to just got to self-care. Okay. I'm going to sit here and do nothing for a long time. It's just like, okay, what is going on? Well, here's what God actually said about the Sabbath. He says, work six days, work hard for six days, and then take a day off, like rest. And when I say take a day off, what typically is filling your day off? You know, there's running around, all the stuff that you have to do to work, but you don't get paid for, right? You're like, got to run errands. I got to, I got to stay in the fence. I got to run the kids to soccer practice. I got to, you know, and you just, the list just keeps going on. And God says, no, I, I want you to work for six days and actually rest a whole day. Crazy, right? This is the, when we're talking about, we don't know how to rest. This sounds a little bit crazy, doesn't it? Like what in the world? Here's what uh, Jesus says in Mark 2, 27. He said, the Sabbath was made for man, not the man for Sabbath. Now, Jesus said this to a very religious culture in that time. And so the thing that he was trying to get out there is the second part of that statement. He wants them to hear, not the man for Sabbath. See, the, the, the Jewish, specifically the Pharisees, had put so many rules and laws around the Sabbath that it no longer felt like a day of rest. They're trying to keep up with all these things, but it, it, it really ruined the opportunity to actually take a rest. And, God, and Jesus is saying, hey, guess what? The Sabbath was made for man. Now we, we live in a, a culture and a, and a society that doesn't Sabbath at all, right? And so I think when Jesus is saying this statement, he's also saying it to us, but we need to really put weight on the first part. It's not like we have these religious views of the Sabbath and it's all whacked out and it feels like we have to work to make it happen. We're just not doing it, right? So we need to read this part. The Sabbath was made for man. Take that in. Sabbath was made for man. And I was thinking about this. What, did, what else did God make for man? Because I didn't learn how to do Sabbath. In fact, I was taught, and I think this is pretty common within the American church, that the Sabbath was a law and law is bad. And so the Sabbath is bad. You know, it's like this, this idea like, oh, you, that's the one thing that God didn't command in the New Testament is to keep the Sabbath. And so you're like, okay, I don't have to do the Sabbath. And then you go, wait, I don't have to, isn't it a day off? Like, okay, okay, I get to do the Sabbath. This is what Jesus is trying to tell us. What's another thing God made for man? Well, I was just trying to think through the story. And the very next thing that God makes for man is Eve. Well, a woman, right? It's like, well, that's a good thing, right? It's like, that's great. Who, 
I shouldn't ask who, who's grateful for their spouse. Never mind. You better be grateful for your spouse. I'm not going to even ask, ask that question. But if you, he made Eve because he didn't want man to be alone. I can ask who doesn't like being alone. Let's, uh, nobody likes being alone, right? So if you, if you enjoy the relationships that you have, God gave you those, right? He gave us those relationships, especially the one where we get to partner with somebody like a spouse over the course of our whole life which is really cool. God doesn't make bad things for us. The Sabbath isn't a bad thing. Now, <clears throat> if we're going to understand the Sabbath, I think we, we really have to, or understand rest, we really have to try to understand the Sabbath. And uh, there's this passage in Hebrews chapter four that I want to dive into. It says in verses, starting in verse one, therefore, since the promise of entering his rest stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we have, we have had the good news proclaimed to us just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. <clears throat> now we who have believed enter that rest, just as God said, uh, just as God said, that we're, we're gonna end it right there. I just wanna point out something that maybe you didn't check, you didn't see here. Right at the end of verse two, it says, or in, the, in verse two, it says that we've received the good news proclaimed to us just as they did. Who's the they? Well, it's these people who are wandering the desert, right? So the author of Hebrews is saying, the people in the Old Testament, they had the gospel too. And I'm going, what? I, are you serious? Am I reading this right? Now the passage is super clear that People in the Old Testament, they had the good news. <laughs> That's crazy. That's awesome. And, and it revolved around the Sabbath. The, the, this is, it, may, it may not have been the, the full death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, but they had the, the, the picture of the good news through the Sabbath, which is really cool. And I just want to say um, this, because of that, uh, there's this book that I recommend you read. We don't have time to go into all the Jewish history of the Sabbath, I think this book called The Sabbath by Abraham Joshua Heschel is a great book. This is a Jewish guy and it will give you a great Jewish perspective because we're not, most of us, maybe some of you aren't, I'm not Jewish. So I'm gonna say this is a great book to read. And I've got five copies of this book out in the lobby. If you wanna go out and buy a copy, you can, or you can just get it yourself somewhere, wherever you wanna buy a book. But that's a great one just to try to understand more of the Jewish history. But let's, let's try to understand a little bit today and go into uh, Genesis chapter two and try to figure out what in the world is the Sabbath and how it's connected to the gospel. How can the Jewish people have the gospel in this idea? So Genesis chapter two, verses two through three, this is where we see uh, the first mention of the Sabbath. It's in the creation story. By the seventh day, God had finished the work uh, he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from the work of creating that he had done. <clears throat> so like I said, Sabbath wasn't just a law. In fact, if you go back before it was a law, because it ends up becoming one of the 10 commandments, uh, which is interesting. It's the only spiritual discipline that's ever commanded in the whole Bible. <laughs> church isn't commanded, right? Going to church, but Sabbath is, which is, but this goes back even before it was a command. It was written into the fabric of the creation story, which is interesting. It isn't just, yeah, it, it, Sabbath is just as real 
as a sunset. Sabbath is just as real and, and, and created with the creation of the earth as a fault line or a lunar eclipse or the high and low tide. And we even see it in the fact that every culture throughout all the world runs on a seven-day calendar, which is odd. How would that happen? It's not like it's a, you know, it's only Christians or Jews that do this. It's like Hindus and Muslims and, and every different belief, everybody runs with a seven-day calendar. Why? That's interesting. It seems like it's been created into the fabric of time and space, this whole thing that we believe here, this, this Sabbath idea or the seven-day calendar. Even, even so much where 150 years ago in the French Revolution, uh, they tried to change the calendar. Uh, this is something I actually got um, out of John Mark Comer's book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, which you can also get back there, five copies. Um, so 150 years ago in the French Revolution, they, uh, they tried to make a 10-day calendar because they're about productivity and getting things done. And we're going to make the, the French you know, people the best people on the face of the earth. And so let's, let's do 10 days. And what they had in the course of 10 years after that, the economy almost collapsed. People were committing suicide at an incredibly high rate. Um, there was a, a revolt and they killed the people who created the 10-day calendar. <laughs> uh, it's so French. Uh, so <clears throat> there's, and, and here's, here's another, another thing that this is just true. This is just true and written into the fabric of life that there's one group of people in America that actually practices the Sabbath religiously, and that's the Seventh-day Adventists. I mean, there's, there's Jewish people here too, but the Seventh-day Adventists have been around. They've been uh, studied. And on average, uh, the, the Seventh-day Adventist person will live 10 years longer than the average American. And if you look, and you, you look at an average length of life, and you look at all the Sabbaths and you add them up and then you put them onto the end of your life, it's about 10 years. It's like, if you actually do what God tells you to do, he actually does what he says and it, it just works. Like you're, it works into an elongated life, evidently. I don't know how it works, but you can go look at the research yourself. <laughs> Here's one of the reasons why we don't know how to rest, Okay. Here's a little bit about Sabbath. Here's where we don't have to rest. We feel like we have to earn rest. That's what happened on my trip to Puerto Rico, right? And this is the reason why when I go on a long run, I feel justified to take a nap that day. You know, it's like I earned it. You know, it's like I can take some rest. It's nice. <clears throat> but is that really what God says? You can only rest if you earn it. Well, let me go back again into the, the way that the earth was created. Look at the calendars, okay? Jewish and Christian calendars are similar. They both have seven days. But do you guys know what day the Jewish calendar starts? Anybody out there? It starts on Saturday. And the Christian calendar starts on Sunday. Okay, which day is right? Well, I was thinking I'm right because I'm Christian and, and this, the you know, we always think we're right. But uh, then <clears throat> you look at the, the creation story. You look all the way. What's day seven? Sabbath. So it's the last day, right? Isn't it the last day? I think the, the rabbis knew something I didn't. I know understatement, right? But they, they, what, what day was a man made? What day was humanity created? You guys know? 
It wasn't day seven, right? Which day was it? Six. Okay. <clears throat> so who wasn't there on days one through six before we were, humanity was created? People. Who was there on day seven? Well, God was there every day, right? So who was there? People, finally. So what was Adam's first day on earth? Yeah, it was the Sabbath. I, I, was, I was just, my mind was blown. And can you imagine? Can you imagine starting a new job? You go there. <clears throat> so on day six, like God told them, God told them what they were supposed to do on the face of the earth. So you get, you, let's say you imagine you get to your, your job. They give you your keys. Uh, they give you your badge. They, they tell you your scope of work. You fill out your W-4. And then they're like, hey, have fun on, on your weekend. And you're like, it's Monday. And they're like, yeah, the first thing we do is we give you a day off. So go off and uh, have a good time tomorrow. And you're like, what in the world? And I, I was like, you know, this is what happens with humanity. They're like literally fresh out of the oven. I, I kind of like lasagna, right? It's like, and they, they, they're like given a day off. It's like, they didn't need a day off. They weren't burnt out. They were, they were just, they were just getting rolling. And it's like, God's like, no, okay. First day on earth, Sabbath. I think he was trying to create a value <laughs> within them, right? God obviously didn't need the rest. They obviously didn't need the rest. So what's God trying to say? Well, the value I think has something that he's speaking into these these, these people that are first hearing this story. Do you know who was first listening to this story of the creation? It was, it was the, the people of Israel that were coming out of slavery in Egypt, right? They, they had spent every day working. <laughs> they didn't get a day off, right? And their value was based on how many bricks they could make in a day. And they were literally line items on a spreadsheet. And if they weren't valuable anymore, you could throw them into a river. Literally happened, right? In this story. Now, what's God trying to say to this people that are coming out of slavery? Hey, guess what? Your week, your week gets to start off with rest. Your value, it, it, doesn't, it isn't based on how much you give. It isn't based on how much you produce. It's based on who you are, who created you. Instead of what you can create, it's based on who created you. You have value because the creator made you. And guess what? You guys said it earlier. Who else was there besides Adam on the seventh day? Not, not Eve yet, right? But who else? God. God was there, right? So <clears throat> what value is God trying to say in that? What does he want? He wants to be with us, right? God with us. Does that sound a little bit like the gospel? <laughs> Emmanuel, that's the name of Jesus. God with us. Wow, this is pretty cool. God actually wants to be with us. He doesn't find, he doesn't, he doesn't give us, he, we don't get our value just from what we do, but he gives us value intrinsically. This is good news, right? And even above and beyond that, this is just an extra. This is just a cherry on the, on the top here. Every day of the creation story, the very end of it, he said there was evening and then there was morning the first day. And then there was evening and there was morning the second day. 
So how does each day start for the Jewish person? It starts with evening. So you get a start with rest because <laughs> it's like what happens in the evening? You get home from work, you eat, you get to relax, and you get to go to sleep. And so you start with rest. So every single day starts with rest. You don't have to earn rest. It's just given to you. You start your week with rest. You start every day with rest. Isn't that cool? That's a beautiful thing. <clears throat> Do you see the good news in the Sabbath, by the way? Do you see it? Just listen to the words of Jesus when he's talking in relation to himself and the Sabbath. In Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30, he says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's good news, right? Isn't that great news? Like Jesus is saying, hey, if you actually come and enjoy my presence, if you come and hang with me, if you come and experience me, your life is actually going to look a lot different qualitatively. It's going to be one of rest, one with less anxiety, one with you having to go around and try to prove that you're worth something in this world. No, no, you're, you're, you're worth something to me, Jesus is saying. Come and you can find rest right here. <clears throat> Remember, without rest, what happens? Life's a mess, lasagna, right? <laughs> so, okay, this is the, the second point. Um, we have a hard time believing that rest will be restful. We have a hard time believing that rest will be restful. And <clears throat> here's, here's how I know this is because typically when we rest, we try to rest on our own terms. See, a Sabbath day is a day that's dedicated to God. And a day off is just a day that's dedicated to me, <laughs> right? I get to do what I want to do. Remember what Jesus said in that verse just before, come to me. But he says, what do you have to do? You have to take my yoke on, on you. Who wants to wear a yoke? Like <laughs> he says it's light, but I don't know if I want, I think I want freedom. I think that's what I actually want. And, and so here's, here's the thing is that if we're going to, enjoy God's rest, we actually need to do it God's way. But we struggle to believe that God's way actually leads us to rest. We, I believe my way leads to rest, right? It's like, but how's it working for you? <laughs> we, in other words, we try to rest without God. But here's a quote from Abraham Joshua Heschel. Um, rest without spirit is the source of depravity. Rest without spirit. So if you try to rest without God, it just leads to selfishness. Me trying to please myself all the time and it doesn't bring life. It doesn't actually bring a life without fear that leads to courage, that leads to that life well lived, that full life that we're talking about. It takes faith to live that life. It takes faith to live that life. And Hebrews 4, if we go down a few verses from what we read before, talks about that says, for if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God, for anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. Now, 
There's a lot going on here and I don't have time to unpack it all. That last word, the reason why the people of Israel who are wandering the desert didn't enter that rest is that NIV says their example of disobedience. I love the NIV. That's what I read every day. But that word is unbelief. I just got to say the whole book is, of, of Hebrews is talking about belief and unbelief. And that word is unbelief. It's apatheia. And, uh, and, and it's where we get the word apathy. It's just like they're not believing. They're not living it. They're not all in, right? <clears throat> and so if we're going to live the Sabbath, it actually, takes, it actually takes belief. Because what were the Jewish people, the Israelites, not believing when they were wandering the desert? They were not believing that God would actually take them into the promised land and clear it out for them. There's giants in the land. We're, we, we can't deal with that. And so they're, they're actually not entering the rest because of faithlessness, right? They don't believe God will give them the courage to walk in and take over their fears, right? They don't believe that. And so why don't we actually rest? Well, we have the same sort of issues, right? We don't believe God will give us the rest that we're looking for if we actually step into that with faith. Why? Why don't we do that? Well, first, like I said, I think actually first is the reason why we want freedom. We, we don't want to put on the yoke. I just got to say that. That isn't in my notes, but I'm just giving you that. That's the reason probably for most of us. We want to be the Lord of our own life. And that's understandable, right? But it's not the way to life. So the, the first one I have written here is that trust, uh, if we trust uh, what God says, uh, and we don't really, we don't have to earn it, right? If we, that's, it's this idea that we have to go back to what it says. The reason we don't enter the rest, the reason we don't have faith is we think we have to get there on our own. That's not true. We already proved that. Second is this. We believe that if we stop working, the world's going to fall apart. But guess what? It won't. And guess what? Someday the world will keep going without you. And this is your opportunity to see it if you actually take a rest and you actually believe what God is saying right here that we need to enter into his rest. The third thing that we have trouble believing is that time and God's presence actually leads to rest. It's like, because we've, we've thought about God's presence. We've thought about in a certain type of dynamic, right? It's like, you think that you got to spend time in pews for 24 hours. That's not what God's talking about, <laughs> right? That's not the rest that he's talking about when he talks about a Sabbath. It is worshiping him, but it can look much bigger. We're going to talk into that in just a second. That leads us into the third point is we haven't made space to practice rest. That verse up here, it says, let us work to enter his rest. Now, it's, it's Sabbath is similar to the, is, is the same as the gospel in that it shows us that we don't have to earn anything but you have to work for it. Not, not, that's weird, right? What, what does that mean? Well, it's kind of like faith when we actually, we don't have to earn our salvation. We don't have to earn God's favor. But once we're given God's favor, we actually, we, we actually have works. He says he created works in advance for us to do, right? So we get to actually live that out. Well, the same thing is true with the Sabbath rest. We got to actually work to enter it. <clears throat> now, what, is that, what does that mean? Well, we remember we're talking about trying out a lab, that's what this whole service is about. Everything up to this time is just to convince you to listen to this, okay? Is that all right? You guys with me? We're going to try out a lab, okay? What does a Sabbath day actually look like? What do you need to do? Well, how many of you have to prepare for Christmas? <laughs> 
How many of you hate Christmas? I don't want to see you. Actually, don't I, I don't want to see you, any of you who hate Christmas. I love Christmas, but it takes some work. I take my kids up into Uintas and we cut down a Christmas tree every year and we, we, we have to set up all the things. I mean, you don't have to do all these. You got lights and it takes time, it takes energy, it takes effort. But who doesn't love Christmas? Right? It's a fun day when you're actually in the middle of it. Well, it's similar. Maybe you don't have to get all crazy like Christmas, but you got to strip it down. What does a Sabbath day look like? What do we have to do to enter into it? Well, like I said, it's not a day off. It's a Sabbath. So if you, I mean, in the Gregorian, not not Gregorian, agrarian, what's, yeah, when they work in the fields. Okay, whatever. Yeah, you know, I get paid to speak for a living. Uh, Something like that. Thanks, you guys are so helpful. Uh, I, I, <laughs> they, you know, they were working on their land all the time. I mean, we, we often are doing jobs outside of our households and we've got stuff to take care of. And so you, there's a good thing that we get two days off, most of us, right? So you should spend a day like working on staying in the fence and doing all that sort of thing, running to go get groceries. But we should take a 24 hours to do, just to actually rest, to stop, it involves, you know, typically, like I said, uh, the Sabbath would start the night before. And so it's a 24-hour time period. I had a guy who was telling me, why Sabbath? About a day every week. And it's about four hours on Monday and three hours on Wednesday and then another five hours on Friday. I'm like, no, that's, that's a nap. That's not a Sabbath. You know, it's like, you got you to take it in a 24-hour block. It doesn't and, and here's the thing is we're under the Jesus yoke, which is light and easy. And so it doesn't, it's not all about like being religious about the specific day. If you want to do it on a day that's not, typically they would do Saturday. The Christians who typically practice Sabbath will do it on a Sunday. You know, if you look at the evening and then the morning, actually concept, I was just thinking about this. The day starts at night. So Sunday actually starts on Saturday night. And so guess what? This is the first service, Sunday service in the valley. Did you know we're actually having Sunday morning services right here? (laughs) Okay, that was a stretch. Okay, there we go. But you got to actually take a 24-hour period. And and here's here's some some practical things to think about. Clean up. Clean up before you, uh, you know, you actually... You know, take the time the day before or whatever to, to get rid of the clutter so you don't have anxiety around the day. Maybe try to prep some food. Uh, you know, oftentimes it's, you know, a lot of work and stress to do the food. So do, do as much prep to, prep to make it easy as you can. Uh, turn off your phones. They, they take up so much. They, they distract us from being in the presence of God. But here, here's, here's two categories. There's all sorts of practical things you could do. You should think about resting in two categories or Sabbath in rest or worship. And if, if it isn't rest or worship, then you shouldn't do it. Now, that gives you a lot of freedom to figure out what that is. Oftentimes, resting will actually involve stopping. Not, not necessarily, don't stop breathing, okay? It doesn't mean you stop everything. It means stop creating. I, I've had a hard time Sabbathing. I've always thought about it being something that I can do on, because on, I'm working ministry and work on the weekends often. So I'll take Friday. And then I'm like, well, I'm going to go out and I'm going to paint my house. And it's because I, I do such, I do people work and thought work that this is a change of pace and actually doing physical work is restful for me, which it is, but it's still creating, right? I, 
and that, that probably isn't the idea behind it. I got to stop, stop creating, stop worrying, uh, stop your body. Uh, you, you know, oftentimes sleeping is a good thing to do. Who doesn't like a nap? Try to think of those words. Worship. You know, think about worship differently. Think about worship and delighting in the things that God has created, right? Uh, like if you're on a diet, eat some ice cream, okay? Delight in that. Like that's a day off. Yeah, day, day to Sabbath, rest and enjoy God's creation. <clears throat> worship uh, is, is, is bigger than just the church service, but you should take some time. Like if, if your Sabbath would start on Saturday night and go into Sunday, great, you get to start here, right? You start right here. On, on Saturday night. But if, if it isn't on a day, like create space for, you know, for God, for your family to pray, for you actually to get together. It should take place in some way in community. Oftentimes when we try to rest on our own terms, I'll just get off by myself. I'm going to go all by myself up and backpack or whatever. And it's like rest should, should take place in some level within community. But you're like, it's not restful to be with my kids. Invite them into the rest, right? This is the rest that God has created. Like invite them into it. Teach them how to do it. Here's my action step that I want you all to take. Uh, We're over on time here. Just in the next 24 hours, set up a time to talk with your significant other or roommate or whoever you're in community with if you don't have an intrinsic nuclear family to work with. And, and talk with them about what it would look like for you to, to practice Sabbath together in some, in some way that was meaningful. Because this is something, like I said, that has been created in the fabric of the earth itself that God made for man that we can actually enjoy, that, that actually shows off the gospel. Because here's, here's two axes in which we live. You as a human operate inside space and time. God doesn't. Space and time. We like to control space. We can actually do pretty well at that. You can build things. You can create a house over you. You can make a lot of security and safety with space. But any of you who've lived any amount of time know that the more that you have, the more space that you possess, the busier you are, right? The more (laughs) every possession you own takes maintenance, right? And so God's trying to say, yep, this is, this is our ability to actually disconnect and engage with him in time because everything in creation, God, what the spaces that are sacred in scripture happened because there was a moment in time where God showed up into that space. It wasn't the space that made it sacred. It was the moment in time where God showed up that made it sacred. And so if we create space in our life for God to show up, here's the, here's the truth is he's promised he will. Create the space, God will show up and he'll make that moment sacred in your life. So get together in the next 24 hours, talk with the people in your community and figure out how to actually live the Sabbath. Sound good? Okay, let me pray for us. Uh, And I wanna invite the band up. Sorry, guys. Lord, I just wanna thank you for all your goodness, Lord. The fact that you've created us for a day of rest. It's just mind-boggling, like... (laughs) We don't have to earn it. We don't have to work so hard so you can get the day off. Lord, you just give it to us free of charge. <laughs> Gave it to us before we did a single thing for it. And Lord, we just know that that's the gospel. Lord, I know there's some people out there who maybe haven't accepted the good news yet. And I just pray, Lord, if you're stirring in their heart, Lord, you just, you just have, lead them to engage with one of us tonight. 
Lord, this gospel that says, it just, it just shows that we don't have to do all these things to earn your favor. You'll come through time and space and all the chaos of this earth to get to us. That's what Jesus shows. You just want to be with us. That's what Sabbath shows. Lord, it's just beautiful how you were showing us your gospel from the very beginning, through the very creation and the very fabric of time. Lord, that you love us. Lord, I just pray that that love would just cover this, this, this group here. Lord, that you would fill us up with your goodness and your peace. And I pray this all in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.